Hey, Raised on the Radio listeners, thanks for coming back for another episode. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network now has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you, the listener, to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. We're very excited to be able to promote such a great company and happy that our listeners get to benefit from it as well. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about racism in professional sports, the COVID-19 virus spreading across eight states from the concerts at Sturgis, bands using pre-recorded backup tracks and music for live shows, and so much more. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach us on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming back to another episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. Colt Brocato, my good friend, Patrick Blair, Skype land. I'm at this point, I have no, there's no thought in my mind that we're ever going to be able to do an in-person show. I think 2020 might be just, it's just going to keep extending and keep extending because cases keep rising. Now where I am is a hot spot, which is great. So I, I just don't, I don't, things are not looking good. I mean, I think we could. I think we'd be fine. Are you saying if we did, people would complain? Would we have to do it with masks on? We would we have to be. We would at least have to be apart? six feet apart, and we'd have to have masks on. And then we would have to throw away all the equipment when we're done and buy new, because <laughs> it would all be contaminated with germs and all that good stuff. So, what's going on in your hood that it is now a hot spot? This I don't. Is, this is I don't. Really, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I just know it's just we are. Uh, the county that I'm in is considered a hot spot now because cases have risen quite a bit. Mm. I don't have exact stats to give you, but I know that they have definitely risen. Can I pick a, can I give, can I take three stabs at what the point of origin or the, where agent zero might be where this all started in your neck of the woods? I'm going to say number one, Walmart. Okay. So you're going to name stores. Okay. Well, I'm not necessarily stores. Number two, the gym you go to. Okay. They've pretty much been open the entire time, right? <laughs> they have. And I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go out on a limb, but I'm gonna guess that there's a cracker barrel somewhere close to you. There yes? is no, there is not actually, but that was a good Damn. guess. That was a good guess. Solid. I, I guess. figure I mean I figured there would be, but <laughs> never mind. Look, I, man. I, I actually figured that one of your guesses was gonna be like somebody from the area went down to Lake of the Ozarks because that could oh, be, well, there's no doubt that's happened. I mean, I thought that was a given. I thought that was a given. Uh, that or, that or, uh, Sturgis. That could happen too. Did you see that? That the, uh, I guess, I don't know how many, so how many people went there? 450,000. Is lot. that what they said? I don't know, but a lot. So now, they're, they they know for a fact that there are several states where cases have increased because people who are testing positive for COVID went to 
the motorcycle rally in Sturgis. Is that the case? From what I've seen, it's eight states. What are those states? Do you know? No, not off the top of my head. I do not. Okay, so let me ask this then. So in eight states, the cases have risen because a few sad souls wanted to go see Trapped play to 15 people. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. That's unfortunate. But the interesting thing is what we had talked about with Lake of the Ozarks and Tech 9 going down and doing that concert was we yeah. said who if if there's an outbreak or if there's a lot of you know just a, a lot of people who walk away with it or carry it to somebody else or whatever who do they blame for that do they blame tech 9 do they blame the people who went do they blame promote show promoters who do they blame well i just seen an article saying that smash mouth is receiving hate mail now because they went on and played at Sturgis, and now there's eight states that have corona from people that were at Sturgis. Why is it their fault? I don't know. Probably because they said fuck COVID. Or I think fuck everyone's that COVID. saying that. Fuck that COVID shit. <laughs> Somebody once told me. Uh, in the rally's home state of South Dakota, there have been 40 documented cases, while officials in nearby Minnesota have counted 35 cases to date. Um, and it stands to only get worse in the days to come, according to the Associated Press, an analysis of anonymous cell phone data from Camber Systems, I don't know what that means, a firm that aggregates cell phone activity for health researchers, found that 61% of all the counties in the U.S. have been visited by someone who attended Sturgis. So what you're saying oh, is they're just... tracking people's phones to find out where the virus is coming from? Isn't that fucking great? Holy cow. Does it it surprise you at all? Does it surprise you at all? No. But it is creepy. (laughs) They're always watching us. Health officials say conducting contract tracing across such a large swath of the country is virtually impossible. Upwards of 450,000 people attended the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally earlier this month, making it the largest physical mass gathering to take place in the U.S. since the beginning of the pandemic. I'm trying to find the states, but I can't seem to find them. Something also that was funny that I seen from Sturgis was that, or it was a picture of a bartender, a woman, who was not wearing a mask on her face, but she had tied two masks together to make a top out of. Does this count, Patrick? (laughs) Does this count as safety and precaution from COVID? (laughs) Well, if she had just recently been nursing a baby, then I guess yes. (laughs) But other than that, no. What a mess, man. Um, Wow. You said that you're not surprised by this, though, right? You packed that many people into one area something bad's gonna happen right i mean yeah and i mean i i I, I guess it's kind of scary too i don't know what the average age is for people who go to sturgis but you you think of like older bikers right like in your mind if you think of sturgis don't you think of like maybe like 40s 50s 60s somewhere around there um, that would be the impression that I get. Yes. However, I didn't really know what it was until this year. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I knew there was something that happened, but I didn't know much about it. Gotcha. I'm not a motorcycle guy. I, so, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually thought, you know what, to be honest with you, I thought it was in Arkansas. I didn't even know it was in South Dakota. Because <laughs> I, uh, I was in Arkansas, I don't know, a couple years ago at the university. And um, I went to a bar. And then one of the one of the bartenders was telling me, yeah, yeah, down this road, blah, 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 it gets shut down every year for this motorcycle rally. So I just assumed when I saw something, someone tweeting about motorcycle rally and concert that they were in Arkansas. I had no idea. Um, so, yeah, but I learned something new. Does in your mind, does I, South Dakota make it better or does it matter? Well, I don't think. No, I don't think it matters. But <laughs> that was just me being ignorant to the fact that it was in a different state. Um, yeah, dude, what a mess. At this point, what are, what do you, I, I don't know. I mean, whatever, whatever I think. But so I, I think going back to your original statement, it's not smash mouth's fault. It's not any of the band's fault. I mean, I guess it is in a way, but everyone decided they were going to go. Right? right. Right. And I don't understand. I'm not. I'm not saying it's just the person's fault, the fan's fault that went to watch it. But I'm saying how you physically walked yourself there. How is it not your fault that you didn't wear a mask or that you went in general? So your need to see Smash Mouth play All-Star trumps the safety concerns and that was that was a big part of the article too. Was that the majority of people were not wearing masks? Oh no! I mean, well, all of the video and, and photos that I I saw, they were not. No, right. Which I mean, the, I I well, look, I, I don't want to make any assumptions about bikers because I do have some friends that ride. However, they don't seem to me like the crowd that really gives a fuck about masks. And never have during this entire pandemic. Unless they're that's, riding that's, down the road with a like skull mask on or something. Right, right. So, now again, I don't want to make dangerous assumptions about a group of people. However, do you, I mean, come on, do you really think that's the, the, the crowd that has been pro-mask this entire time? Think of some I, of the bikers you know. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I wouldn't think so, but... As you say, that's a that's a pretty broad assumption. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. So you're saying these people are selfish, is what you're saying? Selfish? How? What do you What do you mean by that? Well, you said they they put everything on the line to go see Smash Mouth. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and didn't take into consideration anyone else's health, other than their own. So they put their own health at risk, but in doing so, they put everyone else at risk as well. Correct. So everyone else they would encounter. We've known this the entire pandemic. But how? We've known this. Okay. So the question is, how do you go to a concert in in the situation that we have right now in this country and walk away sick and blame the band for it. How is that? Why? I don't understand. 
Well, I think clearly the people that are blaming the bands are the people that didn't go. You're saying that people that went and got sick are blaming the bands? Well, I'm saying that they're... Or that, these are just... I'm saying the bands are receiving hate mail. Right, but I don't think that mail is coming from people that attended. You don't think? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> I was just picturing a biker drafting up a, a well-written email to the band Smash Mouth about how they put their family in danger. I, I just... I, I, I would, no, I, I would, don't think so. I would like everyone to know that all the hatred going towards bikers is coming from you and not There's me. no hatred. <laughs> no, no, no hatred at all. I'm just, look, I just, I consider bikers to be tough, a tough crowd, a tough crowd that doesn't give a shit about a pandemic. Maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm making the wrong assumptions, but I think before there was a pandemic, I considered bikers to be a tough crowd. Ones that would sort of, I don't know, take a risk by getting on a motorcycle and cruising down the highway on a motorcycle. Right. They terrify me. I would never get on one. So um, they seem to be risk takers. So going to a concert doesn't really seem to be something that they would uh, would see as uh, I don't think it's anything that would they wouldn't do. So, hey, hey, random thought about bikers. Did you know that the law was passed yesterday that you don't have to wear a helmet to ride a motorcycle now? In Missouri? Where? In, in Missouri. Missouri. I honestly didn't know that there wasn't a law in place already. Well? What is your thoughts on that? I don't know. That, I mean, it doesn't affect us because we don't ride bikes, but... Uh, I mean, it's dumb. I mean, it just seems... I, I mean, not. it's a big enough risk to, dr- to ride a motorcycle in general. I'm not bad mouthing anybody who does. I'm just saying that it is a, it's a major risk to do it. It just is. Yeah. 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 And it seems like you're like, why, why would you not want to wear a helmet to do it? Like, why do they need to make a law that states that you don't have to wear a helmet now, but I still have to wear my seatbelt in my car. And the argument I've heard about on this is that, well, if you're getting on a motorcycle, you know what risk you're taking. If I get in my car, I know what risk I'm taking. So how can I... That, that doesn't make sense to me. Those two things... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all a risk. Um, I mean... Well, the reason that there's not a law now is so now they can't... Well... I wonder how many tickets have been given out to people who have not had helmets on. And if they were even worth the state's time in general, that's why their course are like, all right, fine. You want to get on the bike? You don't want to wear a helmet? Don't. Um, I've, I've, I've read plenty of stories to where the helmet did save someone's life. Um, and I do know people that have died on a motor, on a bike with the helmet on. So I don't know. It's up to you. I mean, if you ride, you don't want to wear it. Don't wear it. Uh, I have a couple of close friends that do ride. Um, I really hope they keep wearing their helmets. The the two people I'm thinking of in particular, I don't think they'll ever not because they're not riding Harleys. They're riding, you know, uh, crotch rockets. Sure. Um, those things. Um, and one of which is very irresponsible, does all like tricks and shit. So like, See that's the I don't thing, think that, ever... that's the thing that blows my mind. 
And <clears throat> if you want to do it, that's fine. But if I to see somebody on like a crotch rocket doing a wheelie up 70 highway, blowing past me when I'm going 75 miles an hour, that's insane. <clears throat> so uh, I'll tell you a funny story real quick. So I have a buddy, one of the guys I was just talking about. I'm on the highway in the car. I'm with another person. I can see in my rear view there's a bike coming up, flying up on my ass. He gets into the lane to my right, goes around me, but then slows down and then turns. The person turns their head and waves. And so I look at the person in the car with me. I go, is that are they waving at us? And then uh, they were like, I think so. And so keep waving, keep waving. And I'm not waving back. I'm just staring at them. <laughs> and then... He flips his visor up, waves again. And then so I turn to the person next to me. I go, is that? And I don't want to say the person's name, but I was like, is that blank? And the person on the bike started shaking his head like, yep, it's me. He read your mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Read my mouth through the through the windshield, does a wheelie, speeds off. And I was just like, my God, that's my buddy. Um, I would be I would be so scared to death. Just to turn my head enough to try to get your, to get somebody else's attention in their car while I'm riding. He didn't have his head turned (laughs) forward for a good 30 seconds. (laughs) I swear to God, he did not look at the road once for 30 seconds. Um, I can't do that with my car or with my truck. Yeah. It's not a good idea. Well, it's not a good idea. (laughs) Uh, well, you did ask something too about, you know, concerts happening and I, Look, if this if things like this keep happening, you know, large groups of people getting together and people getting sick, dude, we might not see concerts until the end of 2021, possibly 2022. We're going to have to see dramatic changes for them to start opening up concert venues. Right. Which is a bummer, man. I mean, that's 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 crazy to think about. Well, I mean, the, the- but in some states you will. I think in some states you will. Well, I think the other thing that's crazy to think about is that, you know, you've got a lot of bands who are supposed to be on tour this year who have postponed and rescheduled shows for 2021. And it's going to be in it's going to be nuts to me if all of a sudden you just see all these big bands who have re who have either postponed or canceled already who would just say, "Listen, we're not going to tour." And like we're not going to try to set dates. We're not going to try to do anything until we think it's, you know, we're in a good enough spot to be able to do that, to be able to plan a year out. You know, you you can't just plan a tour within a couple of days and say, oh, we're going to hit this, this, and this. When you're a big name band, you know, you've got to plan out a year or longer in advance to be able to set up a whole tour. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you necessarily need to. Plan a, plan a year in advance. It helps. It's been, well, I'm, look, if you're... Well, when, when I when I say big name bands, I'm talking like that would do these big festivals and things like that too. These festivals are certain right. time throughout the year, you know? Certain dates yeah, throughout the well, year. Well, someone that comes to mind that I just saw that they, they rebooked a bunch of festivals. And I, I follow a bunch of these festivals on social media um, because I want to go to all of them. I try to go to at least a couple a year. Um you know, but I'm seeing them reschedule for the fall of 2021 and 
one of the bands that comes to mind is Deftones. I've, I've seen they've rebooked a bunch of their own shows and a bunch of festivals they were going to be on. And some of these festival lineups are just, man, I hope they happen. But um, a band like that can schedule a year in advance. If you're a smaller independent band, you're just trying to get, you're, you're trying to get a couple of peanuts. Right. You know, you're trying, you, you just, you don't know what's coming next. So you're trying to take any little thing that comes your way. I don't think you necessarily need to be focused on how far in advance can you book. You need to be focused on how soon can you book. Yeah, right. You know, um, we, you know, I think which is the kind of the rule of thumb in general. But um, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a total bummer. I don't. Uh, I mean, I guess they can do drive-in type shows. I don't know how well that will go over. You know, I think I've heard. Some of the things I've heard on podcasts and things of the stand-up comedians that have done drive-up shows said it's just not the same. Right. It's cool to do it and try it out, and I'm sure they liked the payday, but they said it's just not the same. You don't get the same reaction from the crowd. You don't get that buzz. I, I, I so get- I would imagine for a bit. Well, look, I, I'm just putting myself in this. In in this. So look, if I were in a working band right now, and it was my source of income. I would make those drive-up shows happen. I would have no problem playing to basically 30 yards of nothing in front of me. Right. Right. I, I, I would just treat it like a rehearsal and I, right. you know, you know, but I would, you know, when I go to a rehearsal, I rock out like it's a show. Right. It's not, otherwise it's a waste of my time. You know what I mean? Like, well, and I know, I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I know the songs, I know what I'm doing. Do I really need to not treat like not have fun? And uh, that's just me. So if I were to, if I were a working musician like that, I would be I would do them. Fuck it. Well, and that, you know? that's what I was saying, though. Like, I, I think there's a pretty big difference between comedians versus bands because comedians com, because like I understand that a band feeds off the energy of a crowd, too. But a comedian like it would seems like it would be harder like to be talking to people in their cars because you're not being able to it's a lot harder to know if like jokes are landing and people you know like the what you're getting back from the crowd is a lot you know you're not getting as much back but when it's a band like you said it seems like it would be like if you're doing a warm-up or you're you know doing a practice but you put all you know put your all into it just like if you had, you know, thousands of people standing in front of you. Right. It yeah, just, it no, just I, seems like it'd be easier for a band. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't do that or stand up comedy, so I don't know for sure. But I, I, I look, I, I don't know if it's easier, but it, they're similar, but at the same time, they're significantly different. Um, you know, now again, I don't do, I don't do stand up comedy. I follow it enough to know that these guys say that, look, the, the riffing with the crowd and the, the feedback you get from the laughs really helps you get through your act, you know? Um, but I think for some of these guys, look, if they have a rehearsed hour, meaning they have an hour they've already done and they want to go ahead and do it drive in style and people want to see them badly enough. Yeah. It might be weird, but if it's already an hour you've done, you're maybe it's autopilot. Maybe it's just a routine now. You know, 
you don't need that energy. You don't need that that feedback. But but I think most of them want that. I mean, I think that's the 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 high they get from it in general. So yeah, I I don't know. I I hope for the both for both stand up comedians. <clears throat> excuse me, stand up comedians and bands that and well musical artists that they get back to work soon. Um, it's a bummer. So, but no one wants to work. Well, doesn't seem like. I mean, professional athletes are. Yeah. Okay. I was, was going to say you, to to go from bands and musicians to that. I think was a big. Str- I thought you were talking about musicians. I was like, what musicians are you talking about that don't want to work right now? No. But no. But I, I hear. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Would you be offended if someone called you a bitch ass white boy? Well, let's should, start with should me. I, so should, I, should, I, should I get context here? Is I guess my question. No. What's, not what's yet. the context so in? Just just in I, general, should I be offended? Would you be? Yeah. Not should you be. No, it's not a question of should you be. We'll get into that in a minute, but would you be? So if I called you bitch-ass white boy, you wouldn't care, right? I mean, I'd probably just let it roll off my back. Probably wouldn't okay. b- worry me that much. All right, so if I were... If I had a different color skin and I called you bitch-ass white boy, would it, would you be? Would it bother you then? Or would it, you still just let it kind of, eh, whatever? It, okay, it would bother me a little more because it would feel like there's more anger behind it or like okay. you know what i mean like there's more okay sincerity behind it maybe i don't know would you think it was racist i i'd have to have context i don't know all right so you and i are um now remember i'm not white anymore uh you and i are playing basketball uh I grab a rebound and I basically box you out, block you out, grab a rebound easily, put it back, and then I turn around as I'm running up the court and call you bitch ass white boy. Would you think that was racist? Maybe. And let's just pretend that you and I I are in the NBA. (laughs) I don't know. I I think that like they that context you just gave as far as like being the NBA, I think. I don't know that I, I don't know that I'd call that racist. I I would call that mouthing somebody on the court. Yeah, yeah, trash talk, right? Yeah, not racist. Now, if it's reversed, and uh, you're black and I'm white, and I do the same thing on the court, and then I turn around and say, "Bitch ass, you know what?" Now we're talking about a totally different bag of rocks yes for we won't get into that but that's that's but but that but that's also because of that one word sure so let me so the reason i so you don't know the story obviously you're not you're not no (laughs) so look it's a couple of days old at this point but so uh in the nba playoffs the dallas mavericks are playing the los angeles clippers so on the clippers they have a player by the name of dontrez harrell okay and he basically he called the star player for the Dallas Mavericks Luka Doncic, which by the way he's he's the truth. He is the next Larry Bird. 
I am so excited. I love rooting <laughs> for my white basketball players. Um, I love Dirk Nowitzki. He's one of my favorite players of all time, but this guy's just different. Anyway, um, he basically grabbed a rebound, backed up Luka Doncic, made it look easy, put the, you know, put the ball back. And as he's running up the court, he turned around, he's back, he's backpedaling and he just says, bitch ass white boy. It was clear as day what he said. And as soon as he said it, everyone who's watching the game, the commentator, everyone's talking about it. So then after the game, it of course hits social media and it goes, it goes viral. The NBA tonight crew has to talk about it. Kenny Smith thinks it was racist. Charles Barkley and Shaq said, no, nah, it's part of the game. It's not racist at all. I agree with Charles Barkley and Shaq. I don't think it's racist. I've been called bitch-ass white boy before playing basketball. <laughs> Didn't bother me one bit. Um, but Kenny Smith said something interesting. He said that it's – he said it – what did he say? He said it was – racist but it wasn't racism which didn't really make much sense to me sense to me but he said it was racist because he alluded to Luka Doncic's color but he said it wasn't racism because Montrez Harrell has no power over Luka Doncic and racism equals power over someone someone else which I thought was like okay all right dude like what 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 are we really talking about so it's a, he can be racist but he can't own the racism to be racist. Uh, that's a little, that's a little like, far out there. Uh, yeah, I was like, all right, Kenny Smith, I love you, but I think you're, I think you've had too much coffee. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's racist at all. I don't think it's racist. And I don't think it's racism. I don't think it has anything to do with power. I, 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 to be honest with you, I think Montrez Harrell proved that he is a little bit tougher than Donkage, maybe. And perhaps let, could go put him on his ass. Let me ask you a weird question. Do you think this would have been as big of a thing because because of visuals, okay? Do you think this would have been a, as big of a thing if there was crowd the uh, crowd in attendance like normal? The reason why I say that is because of visuals, like when you're just watching something on TV, you're really paying attention to what the players are saying, what the players are doing, and all that kind of stuff. When you've yeah. got crowds or uh, like a whole stadium full of people around, it's like I guess more more visuals around versus just what you're watching on the court. So I wonder if this would have been caught as easily or been as big of a deal if there were people there. Does that make sense? It does, but I don't think it would have mattered. I mean, the camera was on Montrez. This is one of those plays where all right, he just scored. The camera typically follows him up the court for at least two to three seconds. Gotcha. You know, after you score. Um, so no, I don't think it would have. I don't think it matters so much. Also, we're living in this 2020 uh, cancel culture era where everything's racist. Um, so, <clears throat> so it, it, the, the funny thing is, is that Her Montrez Harrell apologized like right after the game to Luka Doncic. And Luka Doncic was like, "Yeah, it's fine, whatever." I thought we were just playing, you know. I thought this was basketball. Like it just, it to me as an as a longtime NBA fan, it just goes to show how soft the league has gotten. But right now, I think because of the we're wrapped up in the middle of what's going on in our country, everyone is so sensitive, and everyone in the NBA is really, really trying to bring attention to 
bring attention to what's going on with police brutality, with the the racism that comes with it. So I think in the NBA, it's they're a little more sensitive to this kind of stuff than, say, Major League Baseball or the NFL or something like that. I also am a person that I've never been offended when someone of any other race says anything. Like Someone calls me a cracker. Okay. <laughs> Gee. All right. You know, Louis C.K. has that joke like, God, ruined my day. Like, right. <laughs> okay, fine. Like, I, it's not, or honky, whatever, like, uh, whatever. Um, and I don't think that's my white privilege either. I think that's just me ignoring race when it comes to interacting with human beings. I really do. And I know that sounds corny. And well, I know that, we've talked well, about this over and over yeah, but the there's, past five months or whatever, but like. But there's not really a word to that could be offensive to white people that has as much Mm-mm. fire behind it as no, there's not. Yeah. Mm. You're right. There's not. But that to me is irrelevant. Like even if there was I I, I try to put myself in that position that even if there was, I would just go, all right. All right. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Like I I um, and I know it's not that easy for everyone, and I get it. And I'm not saying that people should brush off that that other word that we are talking about. I'm not saying that. I, Serious. I don't want anyone to say it. But <clears throat> I don't mean to stop you here, but I have something very interesting. So for anybody listening, I'm I'm using Skype on my phone to talk, but I still mm-hmm. get notifications sometimes that scroll through, and I just got a Yahoo notification oh, that Christ, said that said that Kenny Smith walked off the set of TNT. Mm-hmm. So we, yes. ha- we haven't mentioned that part yet. So what? Well, that's what, old so, news. Uh, when? Like old as in how long? How old? So he did this. La- he did this last night because there was there were several teams or players that did not play um, in protest. So he said, in solidarity with the players, I'm going to go ahead and walk off the set. Oh, okay. Charles Barkley and Shaq did not, and that's got everyone stirred into a, a frenzy. So, saying, do you, you know, so, so do you have people on both sides, people who are for Smith and who people who are siding with Shaq and. Um, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, like everything else, of course. I just yeah. want, I wonder if more people are up in arms because Shaq and Charles Barkley didn't walk off. They are. They are. For sure. Oh, for sure. The. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. That's all I saw this morning when I woke up. Can't believe Shaq and Charles didn't join Kenny Smith. That bothers me. This is problematic. This and that. Um, I don't have a problem with Kenny Smith walking off the set. I don't have a problem with the players not playing. You know, last night, uh, Dexter Fowler and Jack Flaherty didn't play for the Cardinals. That's their right. They can do what they want. I don't care if they do it. I don't. But here's the thing. If players want to play, I'm not mad at them. But what are I they? I'm not mad at them. In this instance, what are they? Is it a, is it a certain situation that's happened? That's why they're not playing right now. That's why they're taking a stand right now. What what's the? Or is it just in general? It's a racism thing in general. They're standing up against it. Well, it's the shooting. It's that shooting in that police shooting in um, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay. 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 That's mainly it. Um, okay. Well, not mainly, but that's the most recent, you know. But then, you know, it's going all the way back to George Floyd. Well, I'm saying all the way back, meaning this year. Um, 
and the NBA's taken a very sort of uh, progressive approach to it all, you know, putting Black Lives Matter on the back of the jerseys, everyone's jerseys, uh, Black Lives Matter all over the court, this and that. Um, and again, I don't have a problem with any of this um, at all. But if the guys want to play, they can play. It's their right. I'm not going to tell them what to do. Um, and I'm done assuming that I'll ever have the opportunity to tell them what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, but that's why Kenny Smith walked off. He was like, I'm going to, in solidarity with the players, I'm going to go ahead and, and walk off. And again, that's fine. People are mad at Charles and Shaq, of Charles Barkley and Shaq. I guess they can be mad if they want. Um, it's another big mess. That is 2020, man. My my, my um, question my question is, and I'm not I'm not I'm with you. I'm not opposed to anybody who wants to play. I'm not opposed to anybody who is standing up for something and is not playing. I just don't know when does this stop, because things are going to keep. Things are not like situations like the protests and stuff like that are not going to stop anytime soon. Stuff like this is going to continue to happen, and the media is going to be all over it. And that, not that they shouldn't be, but the, it's always, it's just going to be like a pattern, a constant pattern, it seems like. I don't know when this is going to stop. You're right. Uh, well, it, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a much smaller pattern linked to the big picture. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know when it stops, man. Look, the bottom line is when you have guys as well known or, or, or as well known in the public, such as LeBron James saying, I'm not going to play for those people opposed to it saying, Oh, what, what, you know, of course the NBA players think that they're doing, they're making some kind of difference by not playing their silly little game. Well, look, I'll say this. I don't know if they're making a difference necessarily, but we're talking about it. Yeah. Which is the whole point. Without the conversation and without the awareness, there can't be change. So, look, say they're not playing some silly, stupid little game. That's fine. They're not. But the fact that they're not was important enough for us all to talk about it, which, again, is bringing attention to these issues. And that's the whole point. Um, did you see Colby Covington's caught a bunch of shit because he tweeted about it? Uh-uh. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But, yeah, he... He went viral because he immediately, here we go. So, oh, wow, you postpone your games. Want to prove you're really about change? Quit your multi-million dollar jobs and soft privileged lives playing a kid's game. Take a massive pay cut and perform the toughest job in America. Become cops. Okay. And then he tweeted this at the NBA, at Major League Baseball, and at LeBron James specifically. <laughs> so, of course, his tweet is, went viral. Is uh, this... Oh, man. Of course, there's a... Of course, he's playing the game in there. He knows what he's doing. It's... Well, he's playing his he, conservative side. Yeah, he's taking, he's taking that side, which I understand... But he's also, with him tweeting it directly at them, he also knows what he's doing, and that's what kind of irks me a little bit. Like, he's he's doing this for his own benefit. Like, he's going viral because he wants to be in the news as well, I think. 
Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I guess if you can do both at the same time, you know, is I guess you're just showing what your side is, where you stand. I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, look, I think I've made it very clear on this this podcast that I'm not a big a fan of Colby Covington. Right. I'm not a fan of his politics. I'm not a, a fan of him playing that side. You know, I'm not a fan of him using that side to to promote his fights. It doesn't mean it's not working and it's not a good idea. I just don't like it. Um, the bottom line is this. He did what he did, and that's fine. He can do again. He has that right. He can do what he wants. He has to assume the responsibility and accept the backlash that comes with it. And I think he knew that. I mean, the, that tweet has forty, nearly forty nine thousand likes, thirteen thousand retweets, and twenty eight hundred comments. So imagine what these comments are. I'm not even going to open it up. <laughs> that's a bad idea. <laughs> imagine what the comments are. So he knew what he was doing. You're right. Absolutely. The 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 main thing is this. From normal, everyday civilians, the thing that I'm seeing is they're making generalizations about police officers, okay? That all cops are bad. All cops kill black people, this and that. And look, if you... If you let, me, let me be careful about how I say this. Well, look, the bottom line is this. If you think critically enough of the situation, you know that that's not true. However, people aren't hesitating to go to social media and say something like that. Fine, again, it's their right, but they're wrong about that. Um, the one thing that Colby Covington is right about in his tweet is that, yeah, it's a tough job to be a police officer. It doesn't make it right to kill someone. It doesn't make it right to shoot someone in the back, but it is a tough job. But I don't expect professional athletes to have to quit their jobs and try and do that job to use their platform. Meaning like, I'm not going to play just because they're privileged. And just because they make a bunch of money doesn't mean that they shouldn't use that platform, right? Use the platform all you want. But here's the thing. If you're LeBron James and you're making those same generalizations about the police, now we have a problem, right? Because you have so many people that you, um, you have power and you have the ability to inspire. So if you're making those same generalizations, that's where that's where it becomes problematic. Um, but I don't think necessarily that the NBA, Major League Baseball, and LeBron James are making those generalizations. Now I have seen some of LeBron's tweets; they're teetering, they're teetering. But look, I'm not LeBron James, and I'm not, I'm not. I can't share the same sort of feelings as him. Now, I can be upset for him. I can be upset for people being killed. Um, but again, I don't. My my whole goal on this is to just how, well, how do we how do we fix it? What do we, what do what do we do? But I also don't want to be forced to do anything and I don't want to be bullied into doing anything and I don't want to be intimidated and things like that. I want to be able to think. Right. And I want to be able to have conversations. So I think why I don't care if professional athletes do this is because it's getting the conversation started. Right. Which is the, the, the main, the main thing. I also know where I stand. You know, I know where I stand. I said to my wife yesterday when, when I, when I woke up and saw the news about the kid, the 17 year old who killed, I guess he killed two people. 
in the at the protests. After we had our little banter back and forth about it, where basically my my whole my whole opinion is he shouldn't have been there along with everyone else. They shouldn't have fucking been there. It was just an excuse to wreak havoc upon people that are supposed to be your brothers and sisters. Forgive me for getting kumbaya, but that that's <laughs> that's what those things are, man. That's what those night, those evening I'm not gonna call them protests. That's what those evening standoffs are. It's a standoff between civilians and police. And 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 they're antagonistic and they're they're a giant problem. So he, along with everyone else, should not have been there. But when we got past that, I, I looked at her and I said, Look, um, I don't remember who who specifically we were talking about. I said, Look, the main, I, I know where I stand on this, but I know what I want to change. The, initially, I know where I stand, and that's it. I'm never going to have to tell my son to be careful of the police when he leaves the house every day. So when he's 16, he's driving. I'm never going to have to tell him to be worried about being pulled over by the police. That's not a conversation I'm going to have to have with my son. It's not. Maybe there will be dramatic change in this country, and in 16 years I will have to. I seriously doubt it, right? Um, you know, I told the story about when I got pulled over and the cop pulled, put the gun in my face. My dad never had that conversation with me. Right. That's something that happened, you know, but he never had that conversation with me. And I'm not going to have to have, have that conversation with my son. Imagine how many black fathers do have to have that conversation. So that's the difference. But I know where I stand in that. So because I know where I stand in that, I want to sort of my my objective. And then we can sort of get off this because we've talked about this so much and previous shows but my objective with my kid is going to be like hey man you're not better than anyone else and if you thought you were i got news for you you're not that's going to be the first lesson right and i can only build upon it from there right what else can i do the the issue is is that like you say you know where you stand on it other people feel the same way but they're more they're more for well but they're more forceful with it like colby covington he has a side. He knows where he stands with this stuff. He's going to force it upon you. We come on here and we talk about it, but we're just, you know, bantering back and forth about it and giving our opinions on and our views, not yeah. not trying to shove it down each other's throats, you know. And that's yeah. kind of what that's where I see what I see Colby Covington doing right now, as far as this is my stance. This is what you should do to have the same stance that I do. That's kind, yeah. of, that's kind of how he's coming at people with it. Yeah, well, again, he has that conservative agenda. Now, whether that's just an agenda to, you know, in- increase his marketability as a fighter, I don't know. But I don't have a conservative or liberal agenda. I have a, a human agenda, you know. Right. I, I stand in the middle with humanity, and I want change for everyone. I want the same change that people are calling for but i want it for everyone you know um and even police even police um i don't think all cops are bad but i don't think all cops are good right and do i think we've already discussed this do i think there are racist cops of course (laughs) do do i think there are cops who are bad at their jobs of course do i think there are cops that abuse their power fucking of course not all of them right there's just too many for that to be the case it's not it's you know 
we can't make those generalizations. So, um, <clears throat> so get over it, bitch ass white boy. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a good way to end that conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, you got like any uplifting topics to go over? Jeez. I don't know, man. 2020 is pretty depressing. Why would I want to be uplifting right now? Well, you mentioned, so if we can go back to music a little bit, you mentioned earlier Deftones because they were talking, they were talking about doing festivals and stuff. I guess, you know, they're yeah. getting ready to release a new album. Yeah. How excited are you I, about that? I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I like the new song. Um, it's very Deftonesy, if that's is a good it, way of putting that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, that's their their sound is what you're saying. Is, is, it, is a, it, it is their sound. Yeah, I'm excited about. I'm always excited when they put stuff out. Is the single um, they, is the single they dropped the name of? Is it called the name of the album? Like Ohms or O H M S or how? Is that an actual word or is that? Does that stand for something? Let me look it up. Yeah. That's the name of the song? Yeah. Okay, cool. I actually didn't know what it was called because I, I got a I got a little bit of a... I'm kind of spoiled. I got it a few days early from a friend of a friend who knows someone in their, their, on their team. So. Well, look at you. Yeah, yeah. But I was, I, I was really nervous. I was like... They're like, basically, they sent it to me in a text. They're like, you cannot send this to anyone. If you do... <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know what it is. So I just started listening to it. And then I was like, I paused it. I go, is this fucking Deftones? Where do, what is this? And it's the new single. I was like, it didn't come out yet. I'm like, I know. Don't send it to anyone, idiot. I'm like, all right, I won't. Um, so, yeah, I had to check on the fucking name. Because that I've been listening to it from that text message. I should probably go and buy, I should probably go and buy it like a good fan would. Um, yeah, I just outed myself. That's terrible. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that, man. I also really seen, excited about that. Also seen that but, uh, Seven Dust has a new album album coming out. Yeah, so I saw. I didn't. I didn't read much of it, but I guess Lejean, the lead singer, was talking about how they're trying to get better as a band. And I guess along the way, he kind of heard some critics or heard some writers say that, "Oh, another Seven Dust record. I wonder what it's going to sound like." Every old seven. So I, I guess the Bill whole band, and I, I'm I'm probably misquoting him. So if you're hearing me say this, go ahead and look it up for yourself. I don't want to try to find the story, but I guess the whole band was kind of like, "Hey, man, fuck these critics. Like, we can evolve. We can keep getting better as a band. Like, whatever." I, I you know, I guess like the Seven Dust sound, that whole thing kind of of offended them in a way. I guess, but but what what does that actually mean? Like, get getting better as a band. I, I don't know. I mean, that I that's just your opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. I don't know. Interesting. I, I don't know if I've ever said a band gets better with each record. I think they change, or they don't change, and they keep putting out the same sort of sounding records. And I don't, I, I don't think that's a bad thing, necessarily. It's okay to change. It's okay to have a signature sound. Right. I'll give you a perfect example of, of, of both. So my favorite band, Incubus, and I actually think I've said it on the podcast before, but my favorite band, Incubus, to me, in my opinion, they've changed and evolved into 
a different kind of band, different kind of sound with each record, for the most part. A band that did eventually, but for the first few records did not, is The Used. And I fucking love The Used. But look, The Used first two, three records, they were The Used. I, I don't think, I think they evolved. Fine. They added some different things in there, but they were the used. You knew it was the used, right? Right. Uh, but I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. Like I don't want it to be um, anything that that was bad. But well, I, I think in, but, we may have talked about this on the last episode too. But I think a band has to be like I, I would say when you say evolve, you mean like maybe through a few records, like like not like if you've got a sound for a fir your first three or four records or whatever, and that's what like your fan base really attaches to, is they like that sound. And then all of a sudden, you just come out with something completely different than what people yeah. are used to. That can be a shock to people, and you may lose pe lose fans because of that. But if, it, if you evolve to where you have a lot of your sound still there, but then, you know, add more things in or however that works, I think... I think you just have to be strategic about how you evolve, I guess. I've always been kind of bothered by someone saying that they're a fan of an artist, but only like the only the, the old stuff, man, because the new stuff is just not. And I'm like, well, if you're a fan, I get I mean, look, some songs you just don't like. They just they don't grab you. They don't move you. <laughs> um, but like to like say, like, no, I'm not a fan anymore because they changed. I'm like, well. Really? You're not a fan anymore? So you're not a fan anymore. Do you still listen to the old stuff? Yeah. Well, then you're still a fan. Right. You didn't completely dismiss them, you know? Um, but I, I think, like, well, look, the word evolve. I know that word's kind of tricky when it comes to music. But I think a perfect example is Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. If you listen to Sempaternal and then listen to Amo, their latest record, that is, to me, this is just my opinion, two completely different bands. Absolutely. Now, whether they grew as artists, whether they evolved, and I'm using air quotes, or they just said, you know, we're going to try something different. That's what, that's what I think. That's what I think it was. I think it was more experimental. I love it. I love it. I love when bands do that. Um, I think it's healthy to do that. I've been there, you know. Um, it's so funny. Like, I've been in bands where we kind of joke like we always use the same tempo on every song. We don't mean to. Then we start writing and we start hashing out the ideas. We kind of put it together. We jam it. And they go, what's tempo? And they go, uh, it's 140. Like, Fuck, again? Like, <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like, you fall into this groove and you don't necessarily mean to. And I guess it's a, it can be considered a comfort zone. But it's good to change. Yeah. And so finally someone was like, hey, why don't we try 145? Why don't we try 150? Why don't, you know, like, whatever. Um so, yeah, I don't think it's bad to evolve or change or experiment, like you said. Like, I think that's good. I think it's healthy. And I also think it challenges your fan to open up their mind to something different that they might not have liked before. I don't know. If, you're a, if you were a Bring Me the Horizon fan around the days of Sempaternal and you grew up with, with the band, meaning you were, let's say you were 16 Sempaternal, and then I guess Amo came out four years later, three years later. Right. Well, wait, hang on. What? There has to be a bigger difference between that. Really? Uh, yeah. 
Because there was probably at least, what, two years between... Six years. All right, perfect. Yeah, Six okay, years. okay, okay. So, so say you were 16 when Sem Paternal came out. Now, six years later, you're 22. You're going to bars. You're a different person, right? One could assume that you grew up with the band. And now that new sound that they're experimenting with, perhaps you might like. Because you're not 16-year-old you anymore, you know? Just a guess. I don't know. I, I, I'll i be honest. When I was 16, fast forward to when I was 22, I was listening to the same shit still. Yeah. It all still, it, you know, it was easy to move me when I was 16 and it's easy to move me now, you know? Um, so while we're talking about Bring Me the Horizon, while they're on my mind, did you see that story? Um, so Scott Ian from Anthrax was kind of shitting on bands that use heavy tracks and their live performances. Yeah. Now I bring this up because uh, if you don't know, if you haven't seen them live, bring me the horizon relies heavily upon backing tracks. Um, have you seen them live? I haven't. I want to. Okay. You'll yeah, they do. But so, um, but yeah, so Scott Ian, for those that don't know who have been living under a rock for the past, 30 years essentially Scott Ian is in the band anthrax legendary thrash metal band i don't think i need to explain who they are if you don't know who they are go fucking figure it out um but so he basically so anthrax guitarist scott ian has blasted bands who rely heavily on pre-recorded tracks during their live performances in recent years more and more artists have been given a pass for using backing tracks drum triggers and other assorted technology that makes concerts more synthetic but also more consistent let me stop right there I love all of that stuff. So <laughs> let me just point this out. I'm not mad at you if you do stuff like that. So, in, well, in a specific way, and I'll get into that. So, um, he said, was speaking with Joe Bonamassa. Um, I don't want to sound like an old man, but I mean, come on, look, I get it. If it's some kind of giant pop act and giant production or something like that, or if it's Pink Floyd doing The Wall and there's recorded stuff, voiceovers, whatever, things like that. But I hate going to a show and I just instantly know all the backing vocals are pre-recorded. I think Rob Zombie is someone who does it really well because there's a lot of stuff going on, he continued. You break Rob Zombie down and it's real simple. It's guitar, bass, drums, and his vocals. And they could do that fine and play their songs, but if you listen to the records, there's lots of little spoken parts and things from movies and samples and things like that. So if you're running those tracks, it's great. Because it adds an attitude and an atmosphere that isn't there if it's just the guitar, bass, drums, and vocals. And I think that's great and that's fine. But if you're faking it, no, I don't buy it. I think it should actually be, I don't know how it could be a law, but I think it should be printed on a ticket that for bands that are doing that and for their shows, it should say 70% of the show you're paying $250 for is pre-recorded. It should actually say that on the ticket. I don't agree with that. I I don't either. Here's why. It's 2020. If you're about to go see a band and you're paying that much money, go on fucking YouTube and look up their live shows. Well, here, here's the other... It, you it, should know what they sound like. You should know what they do. Here's the other thing. Now, th this could go back... I'm going to say casual fan, just like any other, any other sport. But if you're a casual fan and you go to a concert, is that going to bother you? Do you care? You're going to see a live show. A performance, yes. Yeah, you're not, 
like that that stuff doesn't I, I I don't think that I mean for me it doesn't bother me. Now I'm sure that there's bands that overdo it and maybe that comes through and maybe that tarnishes the performance for some people. I don't know, but I I noticed or I read that article that you're talking about and Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm talked about it also and she said that she's actually done performances where or um where like in her in ears is that how you what is what's that called inner monitors sure yeah inner monitors that like they would actually count down in her ears like chorus is coming in three two one or whatever like when she, like she didn't even know it was coming so I don't know I I don't know if she was talking about like that's where you would lip sync because it's a pre-recorded track and you're lip syncing over it or something like that I'm not sure. But she also said that there were times where, like, uh, or there was a concert that she went to where computers went down, so they didn't even do they didn't even do the show because er, because the majority of the show was all backup tracks and stuff, who and pre recorded stuff. I don't know. She didn't give a hold a on. Name. So I'm at read, that point read, in the article. Read that. Read that part of the article. Yeah, you 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 and she are losing me with that whole counting the chorus thing. Hold on. Re- so read it. Read it for me and tell me if I'm wrong. Pretty this sure past June, Hailstorm, Hailstorm frontwoman Lizzie Hale told whoever that she is against using backing tracks to enhance her band's live performances. We do it more selfishly, not necessarily as a statement, she said, but it has kind of become this interesting statement. We're very proud of that. But also, <laughs> just again, selfishly, I don't think I'd enjoy myself. I've guested with people, I've duetted with people, and got up on stage where they have those things, and I can hear it in my in-ear monitors. And some of it is like chorus in one, two, three, four. I'm like, oh my gosh, this would drive me nuts. And also, I would rather have a sound imperfect than have somebody figure out that I'm miming or a shaker goes awry. Where's the tambourine coming from? I'm not a fan of when I find out my favorite bands do that, she continued. And like I said, I'm not knocking anybody who does it. You do you. Do you. But for us, that's just not our MO, and there's nothing more fun than going out on stage and knowing that you're responsible for either we're going to be tight, we're going to be loose, something's going to go wrong, we're going to have to pull the train back onto the tracks, but that's because they're listening to each other. Um, I don't know. Back in March, Shinedown guitarist Zach Myers said that 90% of rock artists use at least some pre-recorded tracks during their live performances. So that is a band. It is very noticeable. Uh, you're not singing. Right. You're not singing. That's pre-recorded. You're not singing that. Right. Um, but again, it wouldn't be something that I would, it wouldn't be an avenue I would explore as a lead vocalist, but with background vocals, okay. If you have a bunch of production and there's a lot of harmonies or if there's a lot of background stuff i don't see a problem with it so let me let me ask you this i don't know if i don't know if what i'm thinking is is the right thought process with this but like so if you have pre-recorded vocals i was noticing i was listening to a song earlier and they're on the same part they layered like a singing a regular singing voice and the uh a a scream screamo voice saying the same things together so would that be kind of what you're talking, what we're talking about in this case? Like if you were to you were to use pre-record, uh, pre-recorded vocals for one of those, but when you're on stage, you're doing the other. You to where you get to where you're getting both because you can get both on the record a lot easier than you can 
You can't do both while you're on stage. Right. It's either you use the pre-recorded track or someone in the someone else in the band does it. Takes over, right? Okay. You know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Shine Down was an obvious one to me, uh, but I think it's really weird for a lead singer not to be singing the lead vocal. So I thought that was a bit cheesy when I saw that. So um, what, what would be the reasoning there? Would, would it be just to give their voice a break or? That or for it to sound perfect or like the record. Maybe 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 parts that are a little harder to hit or something like yeah, that I mean, on yeah, stage yeah, yeah. or sure. in person. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I I don't have a problem with backing tracks, but I think if you rely, I think if you rely on them for major parts, um, well, like for for instance, like with "Bring Me the Horizon," when they play "Happy Song," that bridge part where it sounds like a choir singing, yeah, like they're like, no one's singing that on stage, right? No one. I mean, the lead singer is acting like, and maybe he is. Maybe he's uh, in a falsetto, a very soft falsetto, hitting one of those notes. And maybe the the guy who does the electronics is doing that as well. But no one's, I mean, that's a pre-recorded, that's a lot of voices. You know what I'm saying? But when you watch them play that song live, they're up there just like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. Like, <laughs> and I remember seeing them live with like a giant group of people. Um, and everyone just kind of looking at each other like, fuck, who the fucking, no one's singing. <laughs> but we all fucking love it. Like, we're all rocking out. Like, um, so I think on parts like that, it's like, okay, fine. But if it's a lead vocal where it's just you, that's weird to me. It's always been weird to me. Um, another time that I saw that happen was, um, and I don't want this to sound like I'm calling the bands out for this. I, they, the, look, I, I don't, I think it's weird, but do it. You know, I don't think I don't think your fans should have a problem with it necessarily. Right. You know, uh, now if you did it every song, every vocal, then I'd start having like if I went and saw Incubus and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Brandon's not singing a, a, not one vocal, then I'd have a problem with it. But but another band I went, I, so I went to see Greta Van Fleet, um, and I'm not. I'm not. By any, I'm not by any means a fan of that band. Um, I went with someone else who wanted to go see them badly, and they paid, and it was extremely expensive. So I put a smile on my face, and I had a good time. But I, was, I remember standing back, and I'm going, "Hmm, I don't know if he's singing that." And then even with the guitar player, I'm like, "I don't know if he's playing that." Like it, everything that was happening was very exaggerated, and it looked to me like fucking michael j fox and back to the future fucking you know going, uh, yeah like it just looked to me like someone was tr trying to act like they were playing a part and it looked to me like the lead singer was acting like he was singing the part okay uh now lip syncing and acting like you're singing to me are two different things you know hey, um give me give me your difference what's the difference the difference to me is this i've filmed a music video a couple of music videos right in the music video you're lip syncing and i'm using air quotes there but when i'm being filmed i'm still singing right okay so i'm not acting i'm supposed to be lip syncing and i am kind of but i'm still singing 
I don't know what the act of acting like I'm singing feels like. Gotcha. Okay. If I, I'm, did I lose you with that? No, I understand what you're saying. I, and I, that's so something like, that's always been weird to me. And I've, and I always wondered how hard it was for a musician to do or an artist to do a music video because I knew that they, a lot of them don't sing like they're doing it where they're mouthing the words or something like that. But I would imagine you have to sing and they just take that out. Right. Like for you, you, you're actually physically singing the words and they're just taking it out and dubbing over it with what you do in the studio. Yeah. Well, like, and I'm not blasting them by any means, but like, um, but for me, the reason that I figured this out is because like on songs where I'd have to hit a higher note, if I wasn't singing it and I was just acting like I was hitting the note, I felt like a cheese dick. Like, <laughs> I, I bet just, you like, looked like one too. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Like I, it didn't look, it didn't feel natural. So there's no way that it looked natural. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, I, I just, so when I was watching them play, going back to Greta Van Fleet, I was like, God, that, that looks so exaggerated. Um, I don't know. I, and I don't know. I can't verify whether they use tracks or anything like that. But I, I, my wife was with me and I, I said something to her and she goes, you're being a hater. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just making an observation. Just pay attention. The next time that he has to hit a high note or the guitar player has a solo, just pay attention and let me know. And like a couple songs later, she's like, okay, I kind of see what you're saying, but you're still a hater. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> but, um, whatever. But, um, and so it was very interesting to see it was, well, especially with a band like that, who's, I call them a throwback band. Like they, their sound is a throwback to classic rock. Um, so it was very, it was weird to feel that watching them, you know, um, as opposed to a band like bring me the horizon that has all of these electronics, all of this digital production, all of these things going on. Well, um, I mean, I, I think there's, this is just my personal opinion, but I think there's, like a split between people who really want to go to a show and they want everything to sound just like the record. And you hear people, you hear people compare a lot. Like you, you know, you sit somebody who goes and sees a band and they're like, they sounded exactly like the record. That's what they wanted. They wanted to hear them sound just like the record. You gotta, yeah. you, you gotta do that kind of stuff. You have to add in, you know, all that stuff to make it, sound that way but some people want yeah. more, more of a live raw performance versus what the studios made their album sound like yeah i mean there's there are groups of people that like it to sound exactly like the record they want that perfection that production but then there are guys who are there are people who are cut from a different cloth and there are purists like scott ian who we want it to be raw we want we want to hear the mistakes we want to know that the band is sort of and i i, I don't have a problem with either to be honest, I really don't. Um, I would say a band that I've seen, like a perfect example of a band that I, I've seen where you could hear the mistakes, but it was it was fine, whatever. And I'm not even gonna. Well, let me think about this. I don't want to name one of my favorite bands because, like, Deftones is a perfect example of like, dude, they have off nights. You hear mistakes. Um, especially with Chino, the, the, the lead singer, like he has off nights. He has some nights where he is fucking spot on. And then some nights where it's like, Whoa, homeboy is wore out. Like you just <laughs> know you can hear it. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to use them because they're, they're one of my favorites. So like, I don't care. 
Um, God, I'm trying to think. Well, what about like? Do you think? Do you think that there's some bands that have the back the the backup vocals and the you know the extra tracks and all that kind of stuff just kind of on hand for nights that when you're on tour and you're playing back to back to back shows and your voice is just struggling or something like that? Do you think they do that J- just to have on hand for certain nights just to, based on how they feel? Yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they have them for precautionary reasons, but I think they just have them to have them too, because it is a fuller sound. Um, I, I want to give the example of a band that just you could hear the mistakes, but it was still cool. Here, okay, here's an example. Uh, once upon, I went to see Kill Switch Engage. Um, this is years and years, years and years ago. Howard was the singer at the time. Um, they have a very polished sound in general, even for, for a metal band. But he sings a lot. He screams a lot. So for that guy to keep his voice in good shape, he has to do a lot. So they're going. there are going to be nights where his voice isn't so great. However, they're a really good live band. They perform. So there's a tendency for there to be some flubs on the busy guitar work, right? Mm-hmm. There, there are going to be mistakes. So I went to see them and you could hear mistakes, but it wasn't bad. You know, it was honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was honest. I guess that's the best way of putting it. They were honest mistakes, but you, you, you didn't even pay attention to it because they sounded so great. Um, that's an example of that. So like another example of, so like a day to remember. I was watching a video of them playing a festival and the lead vocals just dropped out. I guess something happened to his mic or whatever, his input. And then you could hear just the backing track. So it made it sound for a good two measures of the song, made it sound a little bit like, oh, geez. But, But I've watched them play that same song live at other big festivals like that. And he's not singing that line like that backing track. He's hitting the upper, the higher octave of the note, right? But I guess it's so all. Something- but I guess it's also better that it's there, versus not being there. Because if if there are flubs like that, then there's just nothing. Versus, but that's going back to those two groups of people. There are groups of people yeah. who are like, all right, cool. There was still a vocal there, and there are some groups of people like, yeah, cheater. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? I get it. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle. I don't. I don't care. I think it's cool either way. Um. So that's an example of that. Um, I yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. I understand what Scotty Scotty Ian's point is. He comes from the old school metal of you know like when you hear you you get up there and you shred and you you fuck up you fuck up right okay that's fine, but people can still shred and have a shit ton of production behind them and it sounds that much bigger right you know yeah. I don't know if I agree with the dude from Shinedown saying that 90% of bands do it. It's, it's, I'm not saying I disagree either. He, he could be right. 90% seems high, but these days, I mean, when I, when I first started playing live shows, there was no such thing as it was unfathomable for us to have a backing track while we played live. 
It wasn't even something that crossed our minds. Um, the technology was there. It was fucking expensive, and it was hard to get to to get it done. And then as time as technology changed, and then you could do it. But when I first started, there it just wasn't something. I know bands were doing it. Um, I know those bands were considered spoiled, and we think that mommy and daddy bought all their shit for them. <laughs> That's kind of our way of thinking of it. Well, how uh, do, how does how does all that change based off of venue? Like if you're if you're playing a smaller venue, like say mm-hmm. what like the Firebird, but when it was still open in St. Louis, versus if you're playing, you know, a side stage at Point Fest or something like that. Like what what's the what's the difference? What, what if you were going to use backing tracks and stuff like that on one or the other? Which one would you use it on? Uh, there's a tendency for one to fail a lot more than the other. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I really I get, want to get into. I it. I get what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I've had weird experiences, man. Um, I've had I've had experiences where backing tracks sounded awesome at a smaller venue than opposed to a bigger venue. I've also like, you brought up the in-ear monitors earlier. Like I used to use those, um, but I was really picky about them. Um, when I played a place like the pageant, I could not use them for whatever reason. The sound was, it was just so weird. But when I played a smaller place, like the duck room at blueberry Hill, they fucking sounded amazing. So so give me, I know it probably should be obvious, but like what exactly does inner monitors do for you as a, as a singer? Well, I think for, as a musician, as a musician in general, you're able to hear not only yourself better, right? But you're also being able to distinguish yourself from everyone else. Okay. So your, your actual vocal guitar sound whatever the case, bass, whatever, it's not being muddied up by everything else. Gotcha. So if you're on stage and you're just relying on the onstage monitors, there's a good chance that from start to finish, you're not able to hear yourself because someone else is too loud. And Now, I'm not saying this, this is the sound engineer's fault, right? When you're doing your monitor check, you need to be really clear about what you want and who you don't want to hear, right? If I'm not using in-ears, I tell I make sure to tell the guy like, "Look, I only need me in my monitors. I have two little monitors in front in front of me. I only want to hear me in those. I don't want any guitar in those. Like that. That's my preference. With in-ears, you're able to really um, dial yourself up and everyone else down, or vice versa. You could dial your everyone else up and yourself down, or you could have yourself even with everyone else. Um, when I used in ears i had just me that's it but i broke the 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 cardinal rule of using in-ear monitors as a vocalist i would do me at a very high level but i would pull one out and keep one in and apparently that's terrible for you i don't know the science behind that necessarily but i've read many articles about how that's just dog shit for your maybe that's why i'm deaf um (laughs) so 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 you say you only wanted to hear you. And is that because you got enough of the rest of it by just being on the stage? That's yeah. where you got the rest of the sound from. So you, yeah. you knew the beat, you knew, you know, that you were on target just based off of the sound from the, 
while I was on stage, you didn't need the extra in your ear to keep you on, you know, where you needed to be. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, it sounds weird, but I like to feel the music. I don't like to hear it necessarily. Gotcha. I don't need to hear it necessarily. I need to feel it. Um, so the, the, the guitars that the guitar players are getting back in their monitors and the drums that were getting in the monitors in their monitors, it was enough for me to feel it. You know, I could feel the kick drum. I could feel the guitars. I could feel the bass. Now that becomes problematic when you have a, an entire band that uses one in-ear monitoring system together. That's when that can get tricky. And we, I did experience that and I was like, Whoa, gotta, well, I can't, can't do this. I cannot do this. Um, but again, that's, preference and you really just have you have to train your ears to do it too uh have you ever seen this is it the michael jackson documentary i have not i know of it it's one of my favorite moments in any music documentary is the you know he's prepping for that one last tour he was going to do before he died Mm -hmm. and he started using in-ear monitors for the first time during those rehearsals and he couldn't do it he could not do it it blew his mind that he had so much of himself in his own ears. Like, it blew his mind. He could not adjust to it. It takes time. I, th- I think had he continued to work at it, and he probably would have found a way to make it work. But yeah, he, Michael Jackson was like, I can't do this. This is... Wow. So at the time when that documentary came out, you know, I'm using in-ears, and I'm like, oh, I can do something that Michael Jackson can't. Win. <laughs> um, so, but... I've met older musicians that think vocalists using in-ear monitors and drummers using click tracks in their ears during a set is bitch shit. You know? Really? They've said that to me. Just makes, oh, yeah. Do they just make, think it makes it easier? Yeah. They think it's a crutch. Hmm. Whatever, man. I don't know. I think the most important thing you need on the stage is, is everyone needs to be on the same time. I think keeping time. So, like... I've met drummers that can do it without a, a click track, but I don't know. <clears throat> I think it's better to have one, but sometimes it fucks up and you have to go off and it, whatever you speed up a few beats per minute or you slow down a few, whatever. I mean, it's very unlikely that the fans are going to notice that you notice it on stage, but eh, I don't know if I don't know if fans are necessarily going to notice unless it's that drastic of a change, but right. a couple beats per minute, they're not going to know. So, so basically, don't be mad at the old school guys like Scott Ian. They're not millennials like you, Colt. Yes, because I've been saying the whole time I'm just so angry. Scott Ian is not a bitch-ass white boy. That is the last <laughs> time I'm going to say that phrase for the day. I promise. What if I just went up to my wife after this, after I'm done, a bitch-ass white girl? She'd be like, fuck you. Get out of my face. I'll that, kill you. That's exactly what she would say, yes. It like it, it wouldn't fa- really- it, it wouldn't phase her at all. Now, if you go up to some woman on the sidewalk and say that, I would like to see what the outcome is. One of the is. soccer moms walking her poodle. <laughs> Bitch ass white girl. Um before we end, can I ask you, do you think the term Karen is racist? Maybe I just went down a bad rabbit hole, but so you know how like white white women are getting called Karen on social media? It's typically some stupid white woman complaining about yes. some Mexican girl being in a store. Do you think that term is racist? Because I heard someone call it racist the other day. What? 
I don't remember who it was. I wish I could remember. Because as I was saying it to you, I was like, God, who said it? Who said it? Who said it? My question but would I, be I my question would be racist towards who? The Karen. Like it's a racist term. Okay. I don't I don't mean I that, wish I don't dude, mean I this. wish I could remember the I, person that said it so you could get like a context of the conversation they were in and why they said it was racist, but I, I, I'll have to think about it and I'll text it to you when we're done. But I don't want this. I don't, is, I, I don't want this to sound bad, but I want to know: Have you, in your good. entire life, ever heard the name Karen that wasn't a white woman? No, no. So wouldn't it have to be racist towards white people? Well, yeah, no, no. You know, it definitely is. It's it's racist toward the Karens, which are all middle-aged white women, right? Um, but yeah, I mean... No, I don't know another Karen. I don't know a Karen that's not white. Really white. <laughs> really white. <laughs> um, that sucks. Like, no one can name their, their daughter Karen anymore. It's probably not a good... I, I, it's not a really good... The first time the name Karen was brought to my attention is that that's an old Dane Cook joke. Yes, that is apparently, I just heard this recently, apparently that's where it started. Is it or did he rip that off? Because he has been accused of stealing before. I don't, so. I don't think so. From from what I've... What was the male name? So it's it's Karen and what is the name for oh, no. guys? Is it Robbie? Uh, you're, Bobby? This, this is gonna, no, this is going to drive me nuts. I just heard sure? this. I just heard this the other day because it's in the same joke. Fucking Karen's coming. Was What's it? The, was it? Bri- was it Brian? Brian. Brian's coming. I think it was Brian. Yeah. I thought it was. Oh, Brian! Fucking Brian's coming. Um, Brian doesn't bother me as much as Karen. No. podcast but i won't tell it i was pretty mean to her so that's why i won't tell it i don't want to make myself look bad but it wasn't because she was named karen it was just because she was who she was that's why i was mean (laughs) so (laughs) anyway oh i think that's a good ending spot yeah as usual i'm hungry yeah i could eat all right let's do it let's get out of here we're out